the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. One of the things that I greatly appreciate about the teachings and the writings, particularly of St. Paul the Apostle, is how he makes use of a lot of extreme contrasts. He paints pictures of extreme contrasts that we, in order that we see very, very clearly how we are to live in and from the Holy Spirit in our lives as Christians in this present world. The last number of weeks we have been given in the Mass the epistle of Ephesians. We've had chapter 4 and now we get into chapter 5. And in both chapters 4 and in chapter 5, we see a lot of these extreme contrasts that we're going to look at today. And all of it building to something that Paul wants us to see very, very clearly about who we are as the church and how we are to live in and from our Lord Jesus Christ. And so we have in our reading today from Ephesians 5, St. Paul teaches us, See then that you walk circumspectly. Not as fools, but as wives, redeeming the time because the days are evil. Therefore, do not be unwise, but understand what the will of the Lord is. And do not be drunk with wine, in which is dissipation, but be filled with the Spirit, speaking to one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and make melody in your heart to the Lord giving thanks always for all things to God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, and submit to one another in love. And St. Paul says, walk circumspectly. That's what he tells us. Walk circumspectly. This word means this. Live diligently, live spiritually sober lives, not deviating from the new life that we have been granted. In Jesus Christ, by virtue of our baptism and being filled with his Holy Spirit. We're to live, in other words, in that clarity with which he has illumined us. Having gained his mind on all things, we see things as he sees them and we follow with diligence as disciples of our Lord Jesus Christ. And he says, do not be fools. Don't live as fools, but as those who are wise. And when he says that, he says, as fools. Fools live in this present world, dimmed in their mind and in their thinking, and they follow every breeze that this world blows at them. Every temptation that comes against them, the fool rushes to it. The fool is blown in that direction. But not so the wise. And he calls us the church, those who are to live as those who are wise. And that is to live a life that is entirely governed by the direction of the Holy Spirit given to us in each and every moment of our lives. There's another contrast in Ephesians 4 and 5 that Paul uses. And he uses it in other epistles as well. And it's the contrast between darkness and light. He uses this very, very often. In fact, in Ephesians 5, verse 8, St. Paul teaches, For you once were in darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Walk, therefore, as children of light. What you have here is the idea that once 
you were here in darkness. But by the finished work of our Lord Jesus Christ and the grace that He's given you, it's as if you've been uprooted from that place and firmly planted brand new ground. And it's the ground of the light. Another way to think about this is you were once citizens of the kingdom of darkness. But now you have become citizens of the kingdom of God, which is the kingdom of light, which means you are a foreigner to the old kingdom. All things of the old kingdom are to be foreign to the Christian. When he gives these great examples of dark and light, what he is building to is the very teaching that we have received today. Listen again to his words. In fact, before I do that, I want, to, I want you to listen to St. Paul's description. Of the kingdom of darkness and those that live in it. And those that live in the kingdom of light. From both Ephesians 4 and 5. I've compiled these together for his teaching. Those who live in darkness are a people. That give themselves over again and again to the desires of the flesh. They speak corrupt words with their mouths. In them is bitterness, anger, wrath. In them is envy and covetousness, never content, always dissatisfied and wanting whatever others have. Drunkenness, which is and lends itself to complete lack of self-control. This is how St. Paul paints the kingdom of darkness and those who dwell therein. But not so with the kingdom of light. He says this. These are righteous. They are holy. They are kind and tender-hearted one to another. They walk in love, and their lives have become an offering of incense, just like you see, lifted up that is a pleasing aroma to God. And they have the fruit of the Holy Spirit, born from within them and expressed without. And St. Paul says the fruit of the Holy Spirit are these, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, gentleness. And self-control. In other words, he's saying that the people of the light, the people that dwell in the kingdom of the light, are a people who, as St. Peter says in 1 Peter, they are people who are participating actively in the divine nature of God. And all of this he brings to a head to teach us this. He says, see that you walk clearly, circumspectly, not as fools, but as wise. And here's the key phrase. Redeeming the time. A people who are redeeming the time. For the days are evil. And you need to get what redeeming the time means. When you look at the language presented to us, it's this. To redeem the time means to make wise and sacred use of every moment of our lives. Ever striving to continue good works in Christ. And I'm going to pause, just say that again. I really want that to sink in. Paul is teaching us from the heart of Christ how to live as Christians and how to live in the church. He says we are to be a people who redeem the time. People who redeem the time make every moment a sacred event by grace. Every moment is set apart. Every moment is to be set apart under God 
as a holy and sacred moment. St. Jerome, in the mid-300s, taught this about redeeming the time. He said, Christ, the Son of Righteousness, has risen. Rise up, therefore, from the sleep of this age. Walk cautiously and prudently. Cast off folly. Take hold of wisdom. In this way, you'll be able to avoid being swayed as you walk through the temptations of this life. I love his words. Christ, the Son of Righteousness, has risen. Therefore, risen from the sleep. You rise, church, from the sleep of this age. And for the greatest example of one who demonstrates for us redeeming the time, we need look no further than our Lord Jesus Christ, our God, who made sacred use of every moment. Jesus, who fully had a human will and fully had a divine will, lived every moment with his will joined to that of his heavenly father. He made sacred and holy use of every moment that he had because he himself had come to redeem not only the time, but to redeem all things in himself. This is the God who condescended to step into time, a God that can't be held by the confines of time. He steps right into time itself with redemption in his hands and healing in his wings. Everywhere he went, and we talked about this in Sunday school a few weeks ago, everything, everywhere Jesus went, every moment he had, and everything that he did was a redeeming of the results of the fall. Where there were sickness, where there was sickness, there was no sickness in his creation. Only after the fall and broken union was there sickness, he healed the sick. Where there was brokenness, there was no brokenness in the garden. Where there was brokenness, he mended, making it new again. Where there was death, numerous times, even before his death and resurrection, he raised from the dead, declaring death was never the intention of God. God is the God of all life. And he had come to redeem even that, even stepping into it himself, that once and for all, death might be conquered for us. What does our redeeming the time look like? I point you to Jesus Christ. What it looks like is light stepping into darkness. You know, if this room were completely and absolutely pitch black, and I were to strike a flame right here, what would happen to the darkness? Around me, at least in a small area, where that light was lit, darkness would have to fall away. It has no choice. And everything around that light had just become illuminated. I could see things. You could see things that you couldn't see clearly before. And what is the greatest picture of the Christian life of Christ through his church bringing light into darkness? It is what we do on great and holy Saturday of Pascha. For there the church begins in utter darkness. And that first light of the resurrection is struck and it illuminates that area. And what happens next? We light the great paschal candle. And we hold it up and we proclaim the light of Christ. Thanks be to God. And then we make our way all together as one body into the middle of the nave. And there the light spreads from the paschal candle to those serving on that service. 
we proclaim the light of Christ again. And we come finally to here, where now the light spreads to all who are present. And that which is in darkness is now illuminated. My friends, I tell you that the picture that we get, which is absolutely stunning and beautiful on that night, is not to be a pretty picture that is stunning and beautiful on that night. Our Lord is communicating, I am the light of the world and you are the light of the world because I have filled you. I have come to redeem all things and bring things to my Father and through you I intend to do the same. You live a life redeeming the time, making sacred use of every moment. And what will happen around us in his church, wherever we go, is just like that first light lit. The darkness will roll away and Christ our God will illumine all in and through us. May it be in the name of the Father and of the Son.